Welcome to North Bay Christ the King. You're listening to our weekly service message podcast. Join us every Sunday morning at 9.30 and 11 o'clock at our campus location in Birch Bay, Washington. Thank you for tuning in. The Red Letters. We've been going through a series here. We're actually week three and it's not just a series on Sunday morning. It's something that we're, we're doing as a church. We've given out these, these little 40-day guides uh, a couple of weeks ago, if you're here. Uh, there's two left. There might be just one left. I might actually have the only copy left in this building. So this one's going. Uh, first service offered for $50, but now we're down to one. I'm offering for $100. And so if anybody wants to take that, all the funds will go toward the building fund. Uh, but... All this say, though, if you didn't get one of these, like, oh, I need it. You can print your own, actually, online. If you go to ctk.church, North Bay Campus, under, under Grow, you'll see this guide that you can print off and use. But it's a daily guide. I'm hearing great things about it. I'm hearing people interact with me. In fact, I, I've got a, I've, I have had multiple people ask me about questions in the Bible. Hey, I read this. I'm wondering about that. Isn't that amazing? To actually have that interaction, we've been doing it in our small groups as well. So I hope that you can continue to take advantage of this opportunity as we do this together. This is something we're doing uh, together. And, and with that, though, is as we do this together on Sundays and small groups, and also uh, you can do this with this book in a quiet time. A quiet time. Now, I, I, I don't you have to raise your hand if you have a quiet time, but, but do you? Do you have a quiet time? Say, so quiet time is, a, is, a, is something where we, you get along with God and you take time and you, you, you know, for me, it's, it's it, it caffeine, caffeine's involved at the beginning of my day and be honest and just getting God's word and having that time. But I would say that some of you would say, quiet time, what's that? You wake up not only to an alarm clock, but a screaming baby. Uh, it's just noise throughout our day. We live in a noise-polluted culture, don't we? We go from alarm clock to news to, to the radio goes on or Spotify or checking your, your social media. We're just inundated with so much information and so much noise. And so today we're going to talk all about pulling back a bit. We're going to talk about in our lives and as part of red letter, red letter living is how to, to pull away from the constantly stimulating and I would say even distracted day that we live in. Do you know before smartphones, the average attention span of someone was 12 seconds? Do you know what the average attention span of a person today is? Anyone want to guess? It's only two. Eight, eight seconds. Do you know the average attention span of a goldfish? Nine seconds. Goldfish are beating us an attention span. I don't know how documented that is. That's what I read on Facebook. You can look it up. You'll fact check it before you leave today. But I tell you, we... We've got a huge problem. If goldfish are beating us out, we got a problem. Okay, you know. So I don't know what your choice of drug is: Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, you know, YouTube, Netflix, cable news. We're distracted by all of that, and 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 it's it's mixed in. Every all this information is coming in. At some point, it's deteriorating, and I would say very boldly, deteriorating our soul. Now, why would it be doing that? It's so obvious. 
of all the noise, there's one who wants to speak to us. There's one that wants to reveal himself to us. And that's God's voice. God's voice speaking to us clearly. And if we got all this constant noise and it were distracted away. And I would say this, if you want a relationship with somebody, if you want to grow in a relationship, you have to be in communication with that person. There has to be undistracted time. If I want to grow in my relationship with my wife, my wife and I are dedicated times. Now, we see each other all the time, right? It's great, we're in, but are we really taking time and, and, and focus time together to really grow in a relationship? Same way with a relationship with God. God's saying, yes, you can ask me, you can ask me, you can ask me. But you know what? As we talked last week, will you align with me? Will you align with my will? Because I want to reveal myself to you. I want to speak to you. I want you to, I want you to hear me. I know that seems so obvious, but how we have gotten off. And what's led to is that we live in a very restless culture today. Do you sense that? Now, of course, with the virus and everything, uh, all that's going on in our world, that's, that does, it brings some unrest. But overall, just, just our world, isn't it? It's very restless. Do you know that before the light bulb, before electricity, the average person slept 11 hours a night? Can you imagine sleeping 11? I, I'd pay $1,000 to sleep 11 hours a night. That would be pretty amazing. It's dark. What do you do? You just go to bed. You wake up when the sun comes out. I mean, you know, it's, it, it, it was going to, well, the average person is about seven hours. But I, I think it's more than not getting enough sleep. There's a restlessness that's in our lives. There's a restlessness that's in our culture. This is a huge problem. You're thinking, oh, I don't have a problem. I want to give you some signs of whether your soul is restless. These are a few. You could probably put some on the list as well. One of those is this busyness. Constantly, we go through our week and we ask this question to one another. Hey, how are you doing? Somebody might have asked you today. And you might have answered this this week. Busy. Can we, can we think about that question again? How are you doing? I didn't know busyness was an emotion. But we've made it that way. We've made it a badge of honor. Oh, I'm busy. It's become our identity. And yet what it's done is created a, a level of restlessness in our lives. No, no rest for the weary. And that's true. How about this? Easily agitated. Somebody asks you a question. What? Right? Like, ah, just wondering where you put the, you know, we can get easily agitated. So if you're, you're going through life, you know, the stoplight again, red lights, slow grocery checkout, slow car in the fast lane, that dang train. Some of you are like, yeah, I hit it. I've hit the train on the way there and I've hit the train on the way back. How many trains do we have, right? We get re very reactionary. It shows a troubled soul, doesn't it? The other thing is we get impulsive. Buying, eating, drinking, spending, binging. Short-term gains, long-term costs that affects us. Never is enough. If you discover that, never is enough. Our soul's never satisfied. The other one is this. That we're always in a hurry. 
Hurry is like a virus. It, it plagues, plagues our culture. We were talking as a family. We had a trip down to Tacoma back yesterday for some birthdays. And we were talking about, I think we got a conversation about hurry, is that I, I've learned in my life, I've never done things well in a hurry. <laughs> if I look back at why I've messed up, why I had to redo, why did I, it, I've, it's many times I've been in a rush to get it done. I've never done relationships well in a hurry. You can't, you can't hurry love, isn't that a song in the 80s, okay, or Donna, Donna Ross, or, is that it, Donna Ross? Diana Ross, sorry about that. Close. So I'm wondering what it's, if, if the racing toward the goal, to pick the shortest line, to get to all the stuff in record time, is it really worth it? And Jesus says, he asks this question, you could win the whole world and yet lose your own soul. One of my favorite authors, Pastor John Orberg, many years ago interviewed the great theologian Dallas Willard. He just passed away just a few years ago. John was at a mega church called Willow Creek, and he's starting out and just he asked, sat down with Dallas and said, "Give me some pointers here. How, do, how can I be kind of you know be a successful pastor or whatever?" And, and Dallas is known to be very calm and not in a rush and long pause. And Dallas said these famous words. He says this, you must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. And John's like, okay, write that down. Okay, what else? Long pause. That's it. Dallas goes, there's nothing else. Think about that. Wow. John wrote a book, Soul Keeping. I highly recommend it. He says, hurry is the great enemy of spiritual life in our day. Hurry can destroy our souls. Hurry can keep us from living well. And what happens, I don't know about you, for me, hurry turns into worry real quickly. And it brings anxiousness. Now fear, fear is a real thing. Fear is a reaction to danger, okay? The virus that's out there, right? It's it's a real thing. People are dying, and we live in a world that that's, that's the case. But we have to put it all in perspective. We're going to do the right things that we need to do. Fear, there's fear of things out there. There's danger. Those things we can't avoid, right? Important. But anxiety can be a state of mind, can't it? And it affects us so much. See, it's interesting. You think about the organs in your body that have certain functions. Your, your digestive system, you have adrenal glands. There's, there's things where you receive in your body and, and then it's getting rid of them, processing chemicals and all kinds of things. Our body is pretty amazing. But you know, you think about it, there's no there's no organ that processes anxiety. There's no organ that does it. What develops in our, in our lives with stress is pain. We get pain, stomach lining, we get pain in our chest, and there's clear physical evidence. Your body doesn't lie. Our soul, our bodies do not function best without rest. Talk about, people talk about being vitamin deficient. We can be soul deficient. Deficient. We're not receiving what we need. Our immune system spiritually can get so worn down, and we can get spiritually sick all the time. I know people that are sick all the time, like, you need to, you know, maybe wash your hands or something. I don't know what to do. You know, there's all the precautions we need to do and we need to do that. You know, I feel like I'm going through life like a surgeon, like, okay, don't touch me, okay? That's a good thing. But am I doing that with my own soul? Am I, am I, am I caring for my own soul? Am I taking care of what I need to take care of? See, there's this restlessness of our soul, it really creates 
this weariness that comes in our lives. And, and why the red letters are important is that Jesus gives us some help. Jesus gives us some answers that he allows for us to, to be able to, in fact, it would be, I would say that this, it's an invitation for us, the closest, his closest followers. And this is the invitation simply is this, to be with him. Put it this way, red letter living truth is this. It's, our, it's in our being we can rest in who we are, not what we do. Is that true? And it's in our being we can rest in who we are, not what we do. See, there's some awesome words expressed that Jesus expressed in, in the red letters of us and what he provides. He says, you know, come follow me, come be with me, join me, you know, there's, find a quiet place. But there's an invitation you're going to read. I'm on day 14 of the, the guide. I don't know where you're at, but it's coming up here for me in a couple days. It's this invitation in, in Matthew chapter 11. And this invitation, it's funny, I'm reading this, and it's, it's an invitation that Jesus gives us that he says is easy. And when I read that, I'm like, easy? Well, I'm, I'm into easy. That's, that's wonderful. I'm gonna, how, how can that be easy? Jesus says you can find easiness in finding, finding soul rest. Here it is. Uh, you might know this already. It says, come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me. I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Can we just dwell on that in a moment? Come to me. Come to me. All who are worried and worried and worried in a hurry, in a rush, all that's going on, I will give you rest. Take, take my, Jesus says, my yoke. Take my yoke on you. Learn from me. Why? Because I'm gentle. I'm humble in heart. And there you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Yoke. You might know this already. It's a, it's a harness that goes around the neck of, a, of, a, of two oxen that pull a, a plow to, for a farmer to plow his field. The image is used, though Jesus uses this, this, this farmer term that, to connect the Jewish teaching of Scripture, this yoke, what, what a yoke was. Jesus, as a rabbi, basically would, would take his way. His yoke was his way of teaching, a rabbi's way of teaching, and, 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 and describe how he would interpret the, the Hebrew Scriptures and how he would live them out. And you're wondering, where does Jesus share that? All through the Sermon on the Mount. You just read it this last two weeks. You read through how he handled, he talked about divorce, he talked about murder, he talked about prayer, he talked about money, he talked about like all these huge topics of life. Jesus is sharing his yoke. He says, here's my, here's my input. Some say this, or even the Bible, you know, the Old Testament, the, the scripture says this, but this is what I tell you. This is how I interpret it. And I always found that Jesus never lowered the bar. He upped it when, he, when it came to life. And that how Jesus shares, but he goes, it's not be a burden, actually. I'm going to show you the way. In fact, here's the thing with learn from me is my yoga teaches understanding scripture is my way of life. But, but here's the thing, what makes Jesus unique was not that he had a yoke, but that his yoke, he says, he's gentle and humble. He says his yoke is, is easy. And I, I go back to that word and go easy. I like that. I like easy. 
don't you? But easy, we've got to be careful with this word. It doesn't mean carefree and escape problems and avoid commitments. Jesus says, oh, easy, you don't have to worry about anything any longer. No, no, no. Uh, easy is not, uh, or yoke is not a couch. It's not a vacation. It's a, it's a piece of farm equipment. What is he saying? Oh, we're going we're gonna to work. Oh, yeah, there's going to be work because of my mission, right? We can't ignore the mission of Jesus, what he called us to. But you don't have to do it alone. In fact, he's going, I'm going to do some of that. I'm going to do more of the heavy lifting with you on this. We're, but what we're going to do is we're going to do life different. We're going to do it different. We're not going to do it. The weariness and the stress and the world and everybody's on, the fear and everything is going on. Hey, we're going to do life, but we're going to do it different. I like that. It's going to be easy because I'm going to help you. Because I'm, I'm not a harsh taskmaster. I'm not here to, no, I'm, you're, what are you saying? He's good, he's good, he's good. He's gentle and humble and hard. He's going to show us the way. He's going to help us because he is the way. Not just to heaven, but the way tomorrow. The way the next day. The Jesus way. Easy is not about circumstances. If, and this is where we miss it. We think, oh, well, easy. Well, guess what? If you think easy is about circumstances, you and I, we're going to be disappointed and continually frustrated in our life. Easy is about surrender. It's our willingness to yoke ourselves with Jesus. Now, back in the day when the, when the younger oxen paired with the stronger, more experienced oxen, Jesus says, I'm the stronger one. Yoke yourself with me. I'll show you the way. I'll carry the heavy load that you have. Let me show you. I, got, I have something I want to reveal to you. I want to give to you. I want to show you how to live life with not the burden and not the restlessness but this invitation to be his apprentice. And he gives us these little words and beautiful words. Now, I love how the message version, the paraphrase, love this. So come to me all, you weary. Listen how it's written this way. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Ooh, man, I need that. I sometimes carry the load of the world, the weight of the world upon me. And I'm Jesus is like, you don't have to do that. Why are you, here, let me help you along to live lightly, to hold things a little bit more with an open hand. And yes, we're on this mission and everything needs to be done and accomplished, but I show, he's like, show, I can show you a better way. It sounds awesome, right? Doesn't it sound that, that this relationship that we can have with Jesus and so we're to listen to his words and to, he says, walk with me and work with me. We, we, we go, and we, but we're going. We're not staying. We're not procrastinating. We're on the mission. We remember there's a mission. But Jesus was purposeful in his mission, but he was slow enough to love. I, I love this, this, this quote. He, this Japanese theologian says, love has its speed. It's different kinds of speed from the technological speed in which we are accustomed. It goes on the depth of life as three miles an hour. It's the speed we walk, therefore the speed that the love of God walks. Love is not in a hurry. Love, we're called to, to go the speed of love. How fast should we go? Speed of love. What does that look like? Well, this, the mission is important, but 
we can't miss the whole object of the mission. It mission is the people in front of us that take the time, the opportunity. So what do we do? Well, we can't hurry love according to, yeah, forget, okay. Um, Diana Ross, okay, I got it right. Are you willing to, here's the thing, are you willing to adjust your pace? Are you willing to slow down enough and not be distracted to see? Because you can't love without seeing. You have to see first. You have to see the people in front of you. And then we have the choice of slowing us to speed. And I don't know about you, when with, with people, I find this, that, that I'm hurrying in my brain. I'm kind of like the, like the casino slot machine in my brain that's going like this as I'm talking to people. And I need to slow down and listen. Listen beyond their words. Listen to their heart and their soul. Because that's where, where it is. That's where the moment and the connection is. And, and as we do that, as we to listen to others, we, we're also going the pace of God. So Jesus is calling us in this pace. Walk with me. You know, I'm, 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 we're, ox, we're, 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 we're yoked together and as we're going along and plowing through life. We're not going too fast or we're not going slow. We're going to go the speed of love. And in that, you're going to find rest for your souls. How about you? That's what I want. I want to be about the mission, but I also want to do it in, in the way. And I don't want to wear, I don't want to, you know, gain the whole world and lose my own soul in the process. There's a healthiness. There's a rhythm that's there that Jesus offers. And it's all about being overdoing. We're, we're great at human doing as human beings, but we're not great. And what it's doing is doing is sin. So how do we do that? Well, it's getting unhurried. It's getting undistracted. It's getting fully attentive upon him. And as we are toward one another. It's being. How do we do this? How do we do this? Well, well, it takes practice. It takes practice. And I want to give a suggest some suggestions and, and wrap up time, but I want to practice right now at this moment. If we could take a look at this. That's where we hear the Lord. Right there. It takes practice. It takes practice. I want to give you some, some ideas. And, and what many call them, they're, they're spiritual disciplines. They're so important. I, I, I need that in my life. I need discipline. I need, I need that. Because I'll, I'll default back to worry and hurry and busyness and distractions. And, and so I need to be brought back. And, and, and Jesus is saying, hey, yoke with me. Let, me. let me get back on the right road, on the path here. Let's, let's work together. Here, here's some thoughts. Here's, here's, some, here's some steps to take, some ideas, some ways to be. And the first I would say is so important is this, is this silence and solitude are critical before we start any, another noisy day. Silence and solitude are critical before we start another noisy day. You know, if you thought your life was demanding, imagine Jesus. Imagine the busyness that he had. Imagine the crowds of people, plus you got 12 other guys always with you. Like, do you guys need to go home? Right? No, they're always with you, right? Wherever you go. And that's why in Mark, I love what, what he expresses, how Jesus got his day going early. It says when he, it was still night, way before dawn, he got up and went on, out to a secluded spot and prayed. Simon, those with him went looking for him. And they found him and said, everyone is looking for you. And, and just like any moment, you know, here's Jesus. And I was thinking about like, if anybody needed a quiet time, 
you know, in our life. I mean, Jesus probably really didn't need one, right? He's God and all, but even Jesus had a quiet time. And like, if, if Jesus even had a quiet time, shouldn't I have one too? If I, to hear the voice of the Father, he talks about knowing the Father's business and understanding that being one with the Father had everything to do with solitude and, and silence. But let's be honest with you and your busyness in life and everything, silence scares some of you. I want you to think about your life. I want you to think about, is there, is there gaps in your day where you're being silent? I think some of us have a tough time with silence because we rather fill it with the news and social media and the radio and music and everything to kind of just keep our, we want a soundtrack. At some point we have to stop and just, I found lately I don't listen to anything in the car I'm finding that, that solitude and silence, there's a place that I can do by myself that's there. But you, some of you have a tough time. I'm just, we can admit it, that to, to be alone in your thoughts and the thoughts with the Lord scares you a bit because you actually now have to do something with them. But that's what Jesus wants. Jesus wants us in that place to speak to us directly. You can't hear the Lord directly with, with all the noise and everything you're going. So taking time, taking time to listen to him. To, to, to get a devotional guide, I encourage you to go offline, get away from devices. I know this is old school. Some of you are like, I'm old, so that works. I'm old school. Is get a printed Bible, get a notepad, or get a book like this and do it and journal and write. And then take some time to pray, of course, but also take some time not to pray and just listen. Prayer is listening, really. It's a two-way streak. So just pray this prayer. Holy Spirit, speak to me. Lord, I know you want to reveal yourself to me. Speak to me. I love what Isaiah says this. In repentance, rest is your, is your salvation. In quietness and trust is your strength. Solitude, silence, and space to do that. Refreshment that comes. It's such a gift. Another practice is this. Sabbath is the permission and the liberation to find true rest. It's the permission and liberation to find true rest. John Mark Comer, pastor out of Portland, has a book called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. My son Grant's here. He recommended it to me. I read it this week. Fabulous book I recommend. And he quotes a lot of Dallas Willard and John Orgberg. But he had this he had this uh, quote about a doctor. They did a survey and they tried to find out the happiest and healthiest groups of people uh, in, in the country. And what they found was there was a religious group called the Seventh-day Adventists. And what they found with the Seventh-day Adventists is that they live 10 years old, longer than the average person. And what he, they calculated, the, the author he calculated, he said 10 years older, he added up like the average person's lifespan. And, and if they took a Sabbath, took a complete day off from everything, it added up to 10 years of that person's life. Each, that extra day added it up. Isn't that fascinating? Statistically and scientifically, they, they lived 10 years. Why? Because they, they obeyed the Sabbath, which is a blessing we'll talk about here in a moment. But they but they took the break. They took the time. And they were vegetarians too. And that probably helped quite a bit. So consider that. But what is this? A Sabbath is this. It's getting off life's treadmill. The very beginning, God created the Sabbath. God himself rested after the, the six days of creation. And it, it's the word Shabbat, which means, uh, which means rest in Hebrew, but it also means delight. 
What it's saying is when we take a break and we take a rest and we delighting in the Lord is we go, a break, we're also going, wow, God. It's not just resting, but delighting in him. And, and I, I think the sad thing is there's been two extremes where people kind of just, well, I don't really, you know, I don't take breaks. I work, I work, work, work. I never get a day off. And you talk to someone, oh, I never take a day off. It's like, again, a badge of honor. Like, we're better than you because we keep working. Have you heard that? And then the opposite people have done, and religiously, they've taken the, the rest day. It's day of rest and Sabbath. And I, unfortunately, if you grew up, you're older, and you grew up in a, a day of rest on Sundays, a day of rest, they, this is what it is. You go to church all day, and you don't get to do anything. And it was boring. I want to tell you, that's wrong, by the way. I'm sorry, but you're, they're off because Sabbath is not supposed to be boring. Sabbath is not supposed to just take a nap all day and just go to church all day. Sabbath is a time of delight. Sabbath is a time of enjoying life. Jesus says this, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. We're, we're New Testament. We're New Covenant. But it doesn't we ignore what Jesus gives us as this gift. If he's giving you a gift of taking a break, take the break. It's, it's about rhythm. It's not a requirement. It's about not duty. It's about delight in him. And so Sabbath includes all different things you can do. Worship and prayer and coming to church can be a part of your day. But it's also eating and laughing and remembering and friendship and, and the goodness of God. It's, but it's, it's getting away from work and chores and world events and striving and scheming and stressing and worrying and strategizing and planning. There's got to be a day off from that, right? And, and God says, here's a, here's a gift for you to do that. So I don't know what that looks like for you. For some of you, this might be your day. You're just going, I'm here in church. I'm worship. I'm spending time with family. I'm going to take the nap. I'm going to do those things. That's great. As a pastor, not my day. <laughs> I'm working today. And so I take a different day. I take Friday off. That's my Sabbath day. I do that with my wife. When she's not working, we have a, a day together. And I don't, I don't answer my phone. In fact, I try to shut my phone off. Some of you might have texted me. In fact, I had people text me. I had, I had, I had 25 texts on, on Friday, okay? Just don't text me on Friday. I'm not going to respond, okay? Um, one of it was like one thing of many things. You know how that is. But another person texts me, and then the next day, hey, did you get my text from yesterday? Yes, I did. Get your text, okay? So I'm saying all that is we all need breaks, right? You want me to have a day off, right? You want to break. We all need that. We all need that time to do that. Sabbath is an attitude and lifestyle. It says, un, what is, what is that scripture said? The, the, un, the rhythms of grace, unforced rhythms of grace. I love that. And then finally, is this, and, and just the, the, the practice of being is this simplify and sacrifice and develops discipline and focus. We, we, we get about 4,000 advertisement messages a day. And many of them are moving us to be craving as consumers. Just like the potato chip commercial says, you can't just have one. What we do with this is this, is you just don't have none. You actually just withdraw completely. See, we, with the abundance of getting stuff, where stuff is getting us. And there's a, a wonderful discipline called fasting. And fasting is, 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 you know, we do this in Lenten season and we encourage you in the red letter to do this. It could be from food or certain types of food, uh, entertainment, social media. My wife and I have been two weeks. It's been a delight, isn't it? Two weeks. It's just been wonderful. And whatever is going on and viruses in the world, I don't know. No, I know. I keep up on the news a little bit. But 
But it's been great. It's been a break that's been there. And it, I feel better about myself for whatever reason that is. And the less anxiety. And, and so we're looking at other things. We're talking about other things that are going to fast together. She suggested coffee. And I'm like, get behind me, Satan. I will not do that. <laughs> so uh, maybe, that, maybe that's an issue. So uh, pray for me on that. But find something for you. Simplify, sacrifice, create space that you can be with Jesus. But here's Jesus tells us this. Don't make a big deal of it. Listen to what Jesus says. He says, this is day three we read. He says, when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and deheveled and so that people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth. This is the only reward they will get. When you fast, comb your hair, wash your face, because no one will notice that you're fasting except your, your father, who knows what you do in private. And when, you, when your father who sees you everything will reward you. Now, hopefully I didn't hear me bragging about well, my fasting, but to do it, to actually do it. And, and, and what finds is there's a spiritual refreshment, removing distractions. I find clarity and I've found simplicity. And so whatever that might look like for you this, this week, but what it can do, I love this, it brings spiritual breakthrough at times. And you're just like, ah, I feel like I can't get through something. And prayer and fasting have done amazing things. So here's the question. What are you willing to give up so you can make space for Jesus? What do you need to eliminate from your schedule? What do you need to create and carve some space? Maybe a day, maybe some hours together to, to be unhindered, un, you know, not distracted to, to step away. But the goal is to be, to find rest for our souls and stop in the doing and be a part of the being. And Jesus offers this as, as our team comes here. Jesus offers this to us. And it's this invitation that I encourage you as we leave here to really embrace and take with you. See, Jesus says he'll take our our yoke upon to, to learn from him. He's gentle and humble and hard to find rest for our souls. Why? Because he already provided it for us. Jesus has huge shoulders. He took this piece of lumber all the way up a hill and was nailed to it. He took the weight of the world upon the cross for our sin so that we now can experience not only the crucified Christ, but the risen Lord who comes back to us through his spirit and says, let me, let's share the load here. In fact, I'll take a heavier portion of it for you. Yes, I have you on a mission. It's very important, but you're not to do it by yourself. You're to do it with me. You are to do it in a way that, that is not to be burdensome. It's not to stress you out and to bring hurry and worry and, and anxiety in your life. And though there's trouble in the world, he says, I've come overcome the world. I'm going to provide peace and rest in the work, not from it. You're, you're in the world. There's work to be done. But I have this, this unforced rhythm of grace that I want you to walk in and experience. Do that with me. Let's do it together. And so before we pray, I want to give you this invitation. You know, come to me, all you weary and laden. I love this one more time. I love this. Here it is. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me. And you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest 
walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I will not lay any heavy or ill-fitted on you. Keep company with me and you will learn to live freely and learn to live lightly. Will you bow with me? Thank you, thank you, thank you for the liberation. Thank you for the liberation that we do not have to go through life striving, working, stressing, scheming. Lord, all the work that goes in there. And Lord, we're, we're not to escape work. That's not your promise. It, it, your promise isn't that we escape our problems. Your, your promise isn't that we that we we avoid and put off and procrastinate. Lord, that's not your heart. You, you, you put us on this earth, specifically as followers of you, with a mission, Lord. This mission that's so needed for people to find you. But Lord, we can even in the mission can lose our own souls in the process. In our mission of, of having a better life and being a better, better spouse and a better parent and a better employee or boss and, and being even a better Christian, Lord, we can lose our very souls of who we are and why we do what we do, Lord. Oh God, bring us back. Bring us back to this center of being with you. Lord, we, we take a moment, we confess our, our disease of hurry, Lord, our disease of worry, of stress and anxiety. Lord, we have listened to everybody else this week but you, Lord. You are to be first and foremost in our mind and our hearts. And Lord Jesus, you gave us this invitation to come to you with our burdens and our weariness. And you will give us this Rest. You say your yoke is easy. This, this equipment that we can be with you, that we can walk with you, and you can, you can help us through, through life and lighten our load. Oh, Jesus, help us to walk in the pace of you. To walk the three-mile-an-hour speed of love this week, Lord. I pray that we will find space and place and margin in our life these windows of incredible gifts that we can have in between. As we go by, as we walk, as we do life, we would be with you in the midst of it. And Lord, may we not miss these moments with you. And Lord, may we not miss the moments with those we love, that we can be completely present in our being, Lord, with you, in our being with one another so that we can live this, this life of, of rest, of delight in you. That when people see our lives, they don't see how great a Christian we are, but Lord, they would see you and who you are through us, Lord, that we drawn to it. Oh, our world needs this, Jesus. It needs it desperately as much as we need it, Lord. May we model it and live it and, and experience it together. May we go from this place knowing we can live lighter and live freely in this unchained rhythm of grace that you provide, Lord. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name.